Hello, ladies and gentlemen, this is Claudia Monicelli with another episode of Multiple Voices. My Multiple Voices podcast, true to its name, includes different series. For example, we have the Voices of Love, where we discuss relationships, the voice of empowerment, the voice of laughter and play, the voice of pleasure, and the magical voice of archetypes and how they change the way we live. But we also have the voice of memory that includes everything from history to discussions of past life regression. There's also writing voices where we interview both seasoned writers and authors who have just started getting their feet wet with writing and we learn what can work for you as potential writers. Our series called Voice of the Spirit discusses different forms of spirituality and religion. And then Channeling Voices is a series that covers what happens when you channel, but is also extended to mediumship. Take a moment to review this podcast if you've enjoyed listening, and leave a hearty five stars. I'd appreciate it. Enjoy your listening. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. This is Claudia Monicelli with another episode of my podcast, Multiple Voices. Today, I'm with a high-powered lady, um, Dana Sardano, a fellow Italian. She's talking to us from Florida. And um, she is, you know, for the, well, say hello, Dana, to our audience. Hi. (laughs) Thanks for coming. Hi, everybody. And um, Dana, for those of you who don't have the benefit of video, She's talking to me in this studio and there's all artwork behind her, all colorful. And that's, you know, the first one of the things that we'll be talking about. And of course, she's written a book. So who is she? Who is she? There's I don't know where to begin. All right. She has um, she has a BA in special education and she specialized in behavioral disorders for children. Um, Then her career path quickly took her to learning special to a learning specialist position that involved um, the position of director of student development in a private college preparatory high school where she was hired as a teacher of humanities and uh, where she assisted students with organizational skills and study strategies now this is you know a very two sentences but this was how many years for you Dana this whole experience? Um, I, my entire educational career was about 25 years. Mm-hmm. I was 23 years um, doing what you just described. Uh-huh. And then when I, and I'm sure we'll talk about this, but then when I left my career to pursue other things, I took a part-time job um, two days a week teaching art to little kids oh. while I figured my life out. And so in total, <laughs> I was again Okay. Now, there's a, a something particular uh, about this painting and, you know, art in her. Art is a, a leitmotif in her, in her uh, life, entire life. Now, how did you turn your dysfunctional background, and that sounds funny, you know, you had, as if you had a dysfunctional background, into a personal success story? <laughs> How much time you got? <laughs> <laughs> We're here to listen. Go. <laughs> so I, I will tell you this, you know, without getting into too much detail I, for the sake of time, we'll just say it's in a book, but um, 
essentially, you know, we're all dealt a deck of cards and what we choose to do with them is, is up to us. And I, for a long time, um, like, I think like most people thought that, um, this is just in the cards for me. This is my experience. You know, these, you know, I'm never going to meet the right guy and I'm never going to, you know, have the real joy that seems to, you know, that it seems to elude me. Right. Right. And what I began to realize over a course of time is that when experiences come to me, they're really for the purpose of my personal growth. Of, co- of course, right. Yeah. And it's all just information. And what we do as human beings is we, because of our conditioned responses and because of maybe of our own traumatic experiences, we then either become the victim or the victor. And more often than not, we, we become the victim. victim. And so I lived my life in that way. I never thought of myself as a victim because I always thought I was very powerful, you know? But when you when it feels like something is happening to you, yeah. essentially there's a degree of victimization. Well, when I began realizing through these experiences and through learning from them and expanding and and becoming a better version of myself, that I was I had more control over this than I thought I did. I started doing the work and, you know, people, especially in the spiritual communities, always talk about the work. Right. Mm -hmm. And, And and often it gets overlooked that the work is not just now I'm not saying the rituals and practices aren't wonderful, yeah. but it's not just crystals and not just it's sound not enough. Right. Mm-hmm. That it is also looking within, looking at the things that the, the beliefs or the patterns that no longer serve us. Yeah. Reversing those patterns yeah. again through actions, yeah. whether it be you know cutting off a, a toxic relationship or doing something that's in your betterment, and expanding from there. And I began doing that accidentally, you know. Oh, you know, this is better for me. And then seeing the outcome, and then when I realized, oh, there's a formula to this, yeah. I just started knocking them out of the park and went from like you said, like it's written in my book, a dysfunctional background. Yeah to living in this colorful, this yeah. colorful, magical experience yeah. all my life. Um, the fu- it, it's not funny, but you talk about the victim. And the victim is uh, one of the archetypes that it's one of the four faces of fear that everybody has. There's the prostitute, there's the victim, you know. And like you say, it's what we do with that victim, you know, that yeah. makes or breaks our life. Um, how did you break the cycle of abuse and neglect for your children? You know, that's a really good question. <laughs> I, I always said that I would. Like, I always knew when I have children, it's going to look different, right? And then before I really understood what my patterns were and why, I had these two beautiful children um, just before, just under the age of 40. So I was like 38 and 39, I had mm-hmm. these children. And it was in very uncomfortable circumstances, you know, not the most desirable circumstances. I had these children with what I would call a fright, a flight risk. So their, their birth father, and I say their birth father because he has since signed them over, given them up for adoption. And my husband now has adopted them and Mm -hmm. they live in a beautiful, stable family. So Mm -hmm. when I refer to their father, it's their birth father. Um, but anyway, he, he, he was an undesirable situation. Yeah. Um, I was, 
Again, there's not a lot of time for this, but the circumstances weren't ideal. So it didn't appear that I was breaking the cycle, but then I kept being faced with circumstances that were unpleasant. Like when my second child, when I was pregnant with my second child and my children are only 16 months apart. And I knew while I was pregnant that she had a congenital, congenital Mm -hmm. heart defect Mm -hmm. and it was going to lead to a very precarious first year and continued life. And I found out that, their birth father had been yeah. cheating on me the whole time. Uh, and and it was just terrible. Like, you know, in my home, multiple women, you know, he was also like, you know, I was I told him to go back to school. So I signed for a student loan, living in my house. Like the whole deal where again, I am now the victim. I am not yeah. empowered. And that one in that one situation, see for me, before I had the children, to not have the self-love that I have now. I wouldn't have made decisions that were better for myself. I would have continued to wish they would change, right? Yeah, you know, sure. But once I had my children and truly experienced unconditional love for the first time, yeah. when I found myself in this experience, six months pregnant, baby with a congenital heart defect, a two-year-old, a man who let's say, was 10 years younger than me living <laughs> in my home and up to all these things while I'm paying for everything, I came to realize that I wanted better for my children and started having to make decisions. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it meant being a single mother, right? It meant ending this relationship. It meant not putting up with all of the um, potential abandonment behaviors in him with these children. And again, I I spare you the details, again, for the economy of words and for time's sake, but I had to make some really difficult decisions in the face of people, unpopular opinions. Right. Like just as an so example, when, unlike, oh, I'm sorry. When were, uh, when did you uh, change your relationship? You talked about your current husband. How old were your children when you married the second time? When I met, his name is Rob. So when I right. met Rob, um, they were, I always joke, they were just out of the wrapper. Like they were <laughs> literally like, one just turned three and the uh, other one was just about to be two. They were babies. Because yeah. think about it. If I was pregnant when the first one was cheating on I me, mean, that relationship was yeah. way over yeah. before Rob even stepped into the picture. Because I wound up ending the relationship after my child was born. Was like It was born. like five months after she was born. I was like, all right, let's give up this charade uh-huh. now. So I meet Rob. And, um, and what's interesting about Rob is, you know, I was over 40. I had these two children, again, out of wedlock with the first. One of them had illness. And the belief system around me was essentially like, she's over 40. She's got two kids. Who's going to want her? Right. Like that was kind of like the, the whispers <laughs> in the dark, yeah, yeah. you know? And I was, I guess I was too dumb to realize I was like, no, I'm awesome. My children are awesome. Who yeah. wouldn't want us? Yeah. Like that, I mean, <laughs> talk yeah. about, you know, blinders. And Rob stepped in and uh, and he usually, from what when I hear, you know, the man falls in love with the woman and then he accepts the children because he loves the woman. Uh-huh. Rob came in, loved the woman, and I became even more enticing when he met the children because all he wanted was a family. Oh. And, and, you know, yeah, yeah. Like in Yiddish, yeah. it was like the perfect shidduch, right? It was like the perfect, the perfect match. And he fell in love with them and they fell in love with him. And we created this family. Yeah. And early on, I tried to 
have the father, the birth father, embrace him and his significant mm. other. I was like doing holidays together. Like I was oh, really no. <laughs> trying to, you know, for, force family fun. But not everybody wants to um, yeah. get along. And here yeah. we are. So let's say, because there is that artwork behind you. How did yeah. that start? When did that start? Ooh, so I got married. Rob and I met in 2012. We got married in 2014. And I was, again, in this educational career for all these years. And when we were first married, we had two small children. And we had a wonderful babysitter that used to say, listen, have a honeymoon period. I'll take them Friday nights and you guys go. (laughs) So we would go go to Costco, go to Target, do that thing and be home, you know, to put the kids to bed. And then one night I was like, let's do something fun. So I was like, let's go to one of those painting with a twist classes. You know, where like, you know, they go and you go and you paint a palm tree with a bunch of people and you drink wine. It's like a whatever, yeah. uh, a fun a different Friday. day. Yeah. Yeah. And my husband's like, no, I'm not going to go drink a bunch of wine with a bunch of ladies and paint with you. He's like, but what I will do is I'll take you to Michael's local, local craft store. I'll buy you anything you want yeah. and we'll go home and we'll paint at the table. So I was <laughs> like, okay. So we go home and I'm like, you know, like a little kid. Meanwhile, we're in Michael's. We have no idea like what, what to do, need. like buying things on sale, buying like yeah. the, you know, the canvases that come like, you know, the cheap <laughs> ones. And I go home and I'm like, Robbie, I'm going to paint you an elephant. And he was like, I, I think you're good. Now, it wasn't <laughs> That's <awesome>. an elephant. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't awesome, but I had promised. But something happened that day. Mm, it was like magic. Something from within just... And every day after that, I had to paint. I came home every night from work, soul-sucking job, came home, used to feed the kids, put them to bed. Remember, they were young. Put the the sheet on the dining room table, and I would paint. And I would just paint anything. I would see something on the internet, and I would paint it in my own style, but I would paint it. I would go to school. I had a beautiful office. I had paintings all over my walls, giving them away to everybody. I was like, Oprah. I was like, you get a painting, and you get a painting. I was like out of my mind. And then like within like six months, I painted my first like mother child together, Ah. which is again, my true love, my children. Mm -hmm. And I painted this painting and I found my voice. And then everything I painted was um, women and children, women alone and all every, I mean, I painted other things, but it's all about the the women and love. So, So how long was it? from that first, you know, paintbrush experience to when you finally decided to leave your, your career, your, your. Oh my God. It was like less than two years. So I'm Uh in my career, you know, two decades and I started painting. It was January, 2015. Mm -hmm. So time get married in June, 2014. I I have now this safe, secure environment, right? I Mm -hmm. have this man I love. I have my children. I'm, I'm, I have the freedom to express a joy. January 2015, I pick up the paintbrush for the first time. By June, somebody was like, hey, if I paid you, would you do a painting for me? I was like, I can get paid for this. So I started doing commissioning paintings. And then in that year, I started doing art festivals. Hmm. So by by June of 2016, so a year and a half later, I had an incident at school that told me it was time. Like it was time for me to go. And what then happened? in August, so I went back, they had the summer, went back August but what 1st. Happened? And I said, what happened? What was the incident about? <laughs> oh, come on. You can't throw that out. I know, I know. <laughs> it's in the book, but I had a, 
I had a, a situation where, um, you know, I, my job, I was a director of student development and I wore two hats. One was to work with all students with uh, special needs yeah. to help them fit into the program. Mm -hmm. And the other was as the Dean of Students, I uh -huh. handled discipline I, and uh -huh. for all, you know, all occasions. And I also worked with the teachers of the administration in mentoring teachers to work with certain kids. You mm -hmm. know, I had basically I had my hands a in lot it. of things. Yeah. And, and I had these two kids in my, that were sent to my office by a good friend of mine who's a math teacher because they had did something. These kids were in my class. They were not succeeding. No fault of theirs. They were accepted into a program that they didn't belong, but you know, the adults think they know better, but they were always in trouble. And it was just the same. It was Groundhog Day. It was the same thing over mm -hmm. and over. So they're in my office. I'm with Tom, giving them the same old diatribe, the same old story, mm -hmm. the same old consequence. You know what I mean? And right before they were about to leave my office, I heard in my head, why don't you two get your heads out of your asses and get your acts together? And then I said to myself, you can't say that to 15 year old boys. And then I opened my mouth and said to the boys, why don't you get your heads out of your asses and get your acts together? And then I sent them away. And <laughs> I knew in that moment, now I have done some things. I've said some things. Nobody's yeah. perfect. I've gone home at night for my job and been like, it's today the day I get fired. But what I did wasn't egregious, but it was definitely worth me getting a smack on the hand. Sure. It's worth my principal going, hey, you don't say that, right? right? But I knew in that moment that it was going to be a thing. I uh -huh. mean, these kids, it was a private school. The oh, parents sure. had a couple of bucks. And, like I knew, but I also knew that it was going in that direction because since I had the children, I had been in that job probably 10, 12 years. Yeah. And then after I had the children and met Rob and I wasn't just a career woman, I had all these other things that brought me joy. Mm. I knew it was my time to go. So I left feeling disgraced. Like I left the end of that school year feeling disgraced. Uh, my job was not in jeopardy, but it was a whole big shit show, if you will. Mm -hmm. And then I went back August 1st with my resignation in hand. And I said to my principal, "Sweet, I can no longer, what's that? That's so sweet. That's yeah, the day like, of reckoning. <laughs> it was a day of reckoning. I said, I can no longer do this when I know I can do that, referring to the art. Mm. And that was the day I made the decision that I, I can't do what doesn't bring me joy anymore. It used to bring me joy, yeah. but now I have yeah. to follow this and follow my bliss. Yeah. Now, I'm going to throw out something because you did write a book, and I need to know that the title of your book is called The Ten Recommandments, right? Yeah. Now, the thing is, here I have, all of a sudden there's a book. Well, what led to the book? Was it getting your heads out of your asses? When did you know what did the when did the book materialize after you left your job? There's something about you saying get your heads out of your ass that I find very endearing, by the way. <laughs> um, okay, so I leave my job. Mm -hmm. And well, I give them the year. So I really left my job in 2017. Mm. I go in the fall of 2016. Terrible, terrible year that last one must have been. You know, it's it's funny because you know, once you decide, oh, yeah, it's like when people right. break up freedom. with somebody. Yeah, freedom. Yeah, I'm people break up with somebody and they're like, they stay for six months because they still have a lease, but yet they're pulling their <laughs> eyelashes out every day. So I had to go to this job for a year, like throwing up in my mouth every day, knowing I didn't belong there anymore, but I did it. I did it. So I leave 2017 and from the period 2017 to 2019, it was like my, um, 
I guess like a gestation period or my cocooning. Yeah. Because I left a six figure job, we sold our house. We lived in a cute little house mm-hmm. in a cute neighborhood by the beach. I gave my husband said, if you're going to leave your job, um, you can no longer drive the fancy car that I bought out of Mercedes. Mm-hmm. Handed him the keys to the Mercedes. And I was like driving a, you know, a paid for car. We move out into the woods. We put a shed on the property, large shed. My husband macked it out like the air conditioning unit. <laughs> he, um, uh, you know, painted it, put uh, with insulation, yeah. the whole deal. And I painted in there for two years while I figured out what I was going to do, doing the art festivals, doing everything I could do yeah. to be a successful artist, which led to, I'm just fast forwarding sure. so much in there, but it led to me now sitting in this gallery. So then I wound up opening a gallery in Intuitive Lounge. Okay, mm. so that's how I got here. So in the last couple of years, I'm running this gallery in Intuitive Lounge. I'm doing Intuitive This is guidance. in Florida, right? This is in Florida, Stewart, Florida. Uh-huh. Ubuntu Fish Gallery is what the it's blue? called. The blue? Ubuntu. Ah, Ubuntu. Ubuntu. I'm sorry, Ubuntu. right. The Ubuntu, Ubuntu Fish. Ubuntu Fish Gallery. And uh, we can talk Ubuntu if, if you'd like at some point. And uh, so I'm here, I'm doing my thing, and I'm working with people. And again, it's, it's intuitive lounge. There's a lot of cool metaphysical thing going, things going on here. And... Um, as I do my intuitive guidance, which is unique to me, everybody's got their own skill uh, or their own gift. But I do my intuitive guidance. I, you always find yourself saying the same sort of analogy over and over and because a lot of our stories are similar, even though yeah. they have different players and different faces, uh-huh. similar situations. I, um, I always had all these like little pearls of wisdom that I constantly hear. So in April 2021, so what are we like uh-huh. almost a year and a half ago, my uh-huh. whole family gets COVID. All four of us, boom, 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 oh. like dominoes. So we're all oh in bed, God. solid in bed for a week, oh sick gosh. for two weeks on and oh, off, and then, but really home-ish for like a month. Oh while I was sick and while I slowed down long enough to to receive right. any kind of Whatever guidance or information, mm-hmm. I started getting this this uh, information. Like it, it was about the stuff that I said with my intu- intuitive guidance sessions, but with a lot more profundity like really interesting ways it was put. So half alive, I'd grab my cell phone and in my notes, I'd be like, okay. And I'd like write these ideas down. And then when I felt a little bit better, I was like, you know what, let me take them because I knew they were like gold. Like I knew it was good stuff. Mm -hmm. Let me type them in the computer. And then I noticed that there were 10 of them. And I was like, huh. I was like, you know what? I'll probably wind up doing a lecture series at the gallery or create a workshop or whatever. So I was feeling a little bit better. And I was like, let me just do a little write up about each of them. Uh Well, it didn't take very long. I'm like, I think I'm writing a book. (laughs) And it just, and it basically wrote itself. And what it is, it's, it's a a loose autobiography. So I throw a lot of anecdotes in there about like some of my own missteps. Yeah. But with like, remember, I have an educational background with sort of like a how to. Right. Right. You know, so I'm not telling people how to do it. I'm not being like a guru going, if you do this, I'm saying, listen, here's how I screwed up. Right. Here's what it looked like. Here's how I overcame it. And here's some tips for you. We all have our own story. I'm never going to tell you how to live your life, but there's some, you know, there's some quality, there's some gems here on how to overcome certain things. Well, that, and then from the note-taking process to the publication, how long did that pass? So that took about a year. So okay. it actually exactly a year. Okay. So in April, April, I wrote the book. 
And then I wrote a follow-up that I'm in the process of editing now to be published like later in the fall or early next year. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wrote this book, like I, like I said, I just kind of puked it out. It was like uh-huh. the paintings. I just couldn't stop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and then again, the publisher and the editing and all of these things. And then April, 2022, I had my book launch. So okay. it was almost a year to the day. So now there is a follow-up coming. I mean, well, wait a minute. First of all, where can people order your book? Oh, you are lovely. Well, you are lovely. Yeah. <laughs> so so to order, to buy the book, it's on Barnes & Noble. But the best place is Amazon. Amazon. You know, Amazon is easy. So it's on Amazon. I do sell it out of my um, out of my gallery mm-hmm. or on my website. But Amazon is easy peasy. I have recorded an audio book. Um, I narrated it. And mm-hmm. it's offered exclusively on finduniquelyyou.com. That's you with a U, finduniquelyyou.com. And, um, and I also teach... Um, workshops on find uniquely you mm-hmm. i do uh i'm doing an author q and i'm doing like that's my platform find uniquely you is my platform to do anything 10 recommendments for personal empowerment related wait can i plug my future course on find uniquely you I thanks to you dana would. thanks to dana <laughs> sartano and her book, 10 Recommandments, available on finduniquelyyou, you with a letter U, dot com. Um, she actually convinced me. Um, I did not want to do it, but sooner or later, in a couple of weeks, a course will be coming out as if somebody else is doing it. I'll be teaching a course on tapping into your higher self, but more on that in the future. Now, there is a follow-up, right? After This is not the first and last book right what's mm-hmm. coming up after 10 recommandments so the fo- the follow-up to 10 recommandments forgive me there's a little delay so i, I hear myself <laughs> i keep cutting you off yeah yeah i don't I need to but i'm like crap yeah. her mouth stopped moving and then now so i'm sorry <laughs> yeah, yeah there's a six hour difference between us yeah yeah, yeah so like i said but the with the recording anyway um, so this book, like I said, the 10 recommandments for personal empowerment is to really how to, to help people discover their true empowerment mm-hmm. and to, to really find joy, peace, and freedom in their lives because of that. Right. Mm-hmm. The follow-up is called beyond the 10 uh-huh. and, and the subtitle is decoding the woo-woo because now what's I've that learned- about? What's yeah. that about? So, so my spiritual, uh, excuse me, my spiritual journey was unintentional. Like Uh I wasn't seeking anything. I was just doing what felt good, making these good decisions in my life. And then all of a sudden my, my awareness expanded and then cool things started happening. Everything I needed was right there in front of me, Mm -hmm. you know, the clarity, the answers. So you do more things like that. So what was an accidental spiritual journey turned into something more intentional again, when I figured out the formula. So the second book is about like what happened after I left my job and started painting and, and what went on in this gallery and and up until now. And Uh so it's a, again, a loose autobiography about how I got from there Mm -hmm. to here, Mm -hmm. but the decoding the woo woo part is all these words that get thrown around. All right. Wait a minute. Now you are, um, definitely confirming what I believe. Uh, not everyone sees woo-woo as derogatory. Woo-woo to me is definitely not a good way to describe 
psychic anything, right? So what did you, what will you be including to decode the woo-woo? What would that? Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I find that you and I have had conversations similar to this before. I find that people who refer to anything, you know, supernatural, metaphysical, spiritual as woo-woo, it's because a lot of people have a vision in their head of the extremes of that. Again, the, you know, the crystal in one hand dancing in the moonlight and don't realize that it's really just a connectedness to the energy in the world. So what I learned again through my mm-hmm. accidental spiritual journey, that all these words that were getting thrown around that were new to me felt um, uh, disingenuous. You know what I mean? Like people mm-hmm. talk about alignment and vibration and frequency and karma and all these words. Right. Mm-hmm. And I, but I could feel because I'm very energetically connected that these people that I was coming across that were throwing these words around didn't necessarily embody it. Mm-hmm. So as I was going through my own spiritual journey or my own spiritual awakening, I was learning what this stuff was without knowing right. what it was. Right. Mm-hmm. So I was experienced because that's kind of how I roll. So I, like I bump into things right. until I get it. Then I'm going, Oh, that's a thing. Like mm-hmm. I don't read the book and then do it. I do it and then find out it's a thing. It's just mm-hmm. the way I learn, you know? So when I was having these experiences and making sense of it, I was understanding why I was turned off by the terminology. Yeah. So as I wrote the book, as I went through my experiences, I will mention, you know, and this is what I learned what mirror, you know, the concept of mirrors is. And this right. is where I learned what, you know, what energy and frequency is. And this is yeah. where I learned with this, that, and the I other. See. And then I, I, I continue with that way. So for those who are on their own journey that may not relate to somebody who seems to be right, way sure. up here, knowing, you know, yeah. the guru, if you will. It's like another dummy just bumping into things until she got so, it. Is and this book available them. now? No, this book, uh-huh. I am in the process of its third edit right now. Uh-huh. And so my, and, and my, um, my business collaborator, Angela DeMarco, who has, is the brain behind like she, she fine, is uniquely the, you. The yeah. She's the creator of uniquely you. She, because her background's in branding and marketing, she is doing the cover for me. Mm-hmm. So once she gets the cover done and I get, we get all the editing done. She's working on some editing for me also. Um, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to put it out there. So like I said, I'm thinking around Christmas time, uh-huh. but to me, it feels more like a, like the first Spring. of the year, like a new mm-hmm. year, a new book. Uh-huh. Interesting. Interesting. My God. I mean, there's so much here. There's so, so much. And we could start from the beginning again. Um, All good things come to an end, Dana. Um, So let me just tell everyone, well, your website, you have a website, which is, um, I'm I'm looking for it, but they could find you on Find Uniquely You. No, it's UbuntuFishGallery.com. Now, this concept of Ubuntu, how did that change your life? I know it's the end. (laughs) Do we have time just because it's such a closer? Do we have time for a 30-second story? Sure. About 10 years ago, my children were like little, little, 
I stumbled across it, and I'm sure many of your listeners have uh-huh. heard this story because I believe it's a parable. But I, I stumbled across a story, and it was about an American anthropologist who was studying a tribe in Africa. Mm-hmm. Um, the story I heard it was a Zulu tribe, but he studied the tribe in Africa. And when he was waiting for his transportation, when he was returning to the States, he was hanging out with some kids at the village that he always mm-hmm. hung out with. And he said, you know what, to pass the time, let's play a little game. So we said, here. I picked up some candy when I was in the city. Here's what I want you guys to do. I'm going to take this candy. I'm going to put it in a basket by this tree. And I want you guys to line up. And when I count to three, I want you guys to race to the tree. And whoever gets there first gets to have the candy. And the kids were like, oh, my God, this is so much fun. So they all, they line up and they're ready. And he's like, one, two, three. And on three, they all linked arms. And they all ran together. I have never told a story where my eyes haven't filled yeah. up. And they all ran together and they got to the tree. And the and the anthropologist was dumbfounded. He goes over and they're all sitting there. They're all eating the candy. They're having the best time. And he turned to one of the girls and he said, I don't understand. You could have won and you could have had all this candy by yourself. Why would you have done that? Yeah. And she goes, Ubuntu. I am because we are. I can't be happy unless we're all happy. That's it. And the day I, oh. Yeah, you know, you get <laughs> it. You get you you feel it, yeah. The day I heard that story, I had these two little children that I wanted to have this magnificent life. And I was like, oh, everything is Ubuntu. Like, I was like, yeah. that, this is it. This unity consciousness, this idea that we're all in this, that we're individual, yeah. but we're all in this thing together. Yeah. And everything, even my art was Ubuntu art by Dana until I wound up in Ubuntu Fish Gallery. And my children, they're 11 and 13 now. They don't even know that Ubuntu isn't a part of the general vernacular. They're yeah. like, one's not sharing. She's like, no, it's not Ubuntuing. Like, they don't even know. <laughs> because this is how we live our lives. This is how yeah. I conduct my business, how I forge my friendships. So mm-hmm. there it is. It is. It's beautiful. It's fantastic, Dana. It is truly fantastic. And the energy you exude is is catchy. I mean, it is, you know, you may be around Dana and we're all excited. We're all excited. So everything's going to be beautiful, joyous and <laughs> pleasurable. <laughs> Find uniquely. Yeah, yeah. the world should be. Yeah. But, you know, let's, let's do it. Yeah. We owe it to ourselves to bring pleasure in our lives. We deserve it. Thank yeah. you so much, Dana, for coming. Thank you. I really, you, really love talking Thank to you. you. Bye bye, Bella. Bye, ciao. <laughs>
Thank you.